0: You're listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville and Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week.
1: Here we go. We're going deeper. Turn to somebody and say, we're going deeper. deeper. (laughs) We're going deeper. Those of you remember last year, deep was discipleship, engagement, evangelism, and prayer are four focuses as a church. We want to focus on them. We want to grow in them. And I believe the Lord says there's still more growing to do. And so we're going to go deeper. And today I want to take the P and deep, stands for prayer, and I want to talk to you about how to pray. Now, prayer is interesting, right? Because we know we need to do it. Many of us struggle in doing it because we have this false expectation of how to do it. But I want to share with you in Scripture through what Jesus said and what happened in the Acts Church about how easy and how powerful it can be. Amen. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for your presence. We lift you up. We thank you that today, as we are packed in this place, you are here with us. Lord, we thank you that you know our future. You know our past. You redeemed us from the past. Lord, you set our feet upon a rock and made our footsteps firm. And Psalms 37 says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all their trouble. Today, if you're in trouble today, the great healer, the great deliverer, the great rescuer is here. We thank you that your presence is here, and we thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I speak freedom over this church today. May everyone who's watching online or sitting in a seat today experience the freedom of God through the power of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say amen. 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 Well, if you grew up in a church home, a Christian home, you probably prayed a prayer similar to me, sitting as little Marky by the bed. I would pray, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, come on now. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my, wow. Have you ever revisited that prayer? Hey, little Mark, good luck getting up in the morning. I mean, why, how do we even go to sleep? I was like, why do we pray these things? And this is an 18th century prayer. Well, at the time when children were dying, their mortality was very high. So it was like, we carried this over. And so we had to redeem it. So we would pray, uh, and now I lay me down to sleep, a bag of peanuts at my feet. If I should die before my wake, please give them to my brother Jake. That was, a, anybody remember that one? Anybody? Maybe Did you teach us that? There was one person in the first service, and they weren't from my home. But I don't know how, other than I know that that is how some of us pray. Out of fear. Out of obligation. Out of ritual. It's got to rhyme. It's got to make sense. If it doesn't, I won't pray it. But isn't it interesting that God will communicate with humanity and he will use disaster to call his people to pray. I want to share a picture with you. This happened just a few weeks ago. You guys remember this. This is DeMar Hamlin. Let's put it up there if we have it. There we go. Where millions of people around the world prayed for this man. I mean, literally this man died on the football field. And here he is, and you can see the picture on the bottom right. This was in the... This was in the Cincinnati Bengals stadium, the opposing team, and they actually canceled the game. The whole place was praying. Of course, later on, this is the Steelers and the Browns. They're praying. And and the whole nation was asked to pray for one man who literally miraculously came back to life. Now, listen, I want to tell you something. It's interesting watching people to pray that don't believe in prayer. It's interesting how all of a sudden someone's life in question draws people to pray to a God they don't believe in. I remember the same thing happened in September 11th. Those of you that were around back then, my kids are learning about it. I lived it. That sounds like that's an old statement right there. Wow. Became my dad. I was there when September 11th took place. I remember. I remember the whole nation just like in complete, utter disaster. And we reached out and prayed to God. You could pray in your schools. You could pray at your work. You could pray in the streets. It was like we're crying out to Jesus. And I'm wondering why it takes disaster for the people of God to pray. I mean, the world, yes, we, we understand they're not going to get it. But man, we should be people of prayer. Prayer unites. Look at that. Teams, other teams, fans of other fans of other teams are praying for one man. What would happen if we actually believed in what we prayed and we prayed with authority? What happens if the world who doesn't believe in the God that we serve prayed to a God and saw hope restored and actually had a transformation as they dialogued with God and met with him in real time? But they have to see it demonstrated by the people of God. We have to be a place of prayer. Jesus, in the one time we see in Scripture where he actually really like broke up some things, where he kicked over tables. Everybody, some of you guys like Jesus, that Jesus, right? You like Jesus with the lamb over his shoulder. Some of you are like, I like the one who kicked over tables. Well, we know, but Jesus was adamant. He was upset. And he said, my house, my father's house should be called a house of prayer. You made it a den of thieves. I wonder what Jesus would do if he came in the church of today. You know, would he kick over our merch table? Just kidding, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, some of you are like, uh-huh, yep. Yeah. No, I mean, think, it's the heart position. It's the heart position. He saw people coming in, manipulating each other. Do, do we not see that in church today? See, I'm telling you, if we get back to prayer, we will see restoration in the house. Things start changing. But I know many of you, including myself, always kind of feel sometimes like when we're praying, I'm not really doing it right. Just for a second, put yourself in the disciple's shoes being around Jesus. How much pressure would that have been? You know, Jesus just going around or sitting at the fire, just had their fish, you know, loaves, things like that, fish sandwich. And they were like, hey, Peter, why don't you pray? Oh, man. Okay. Well, in your name, I pray. Is this okay, Jesus? We going all right? Like, can you imagine that? Seriously, put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. And Jesus is like, go ahead, pray. I'll let you know how good it is. I'll let you know if he's here. And are you hearing? No. See, the reality is, is Jesus just wants to commune with you. He really likes you. He, hear me, he really likes you. He really likes you. So I want you to turn your Bibles. We're going to take two sections out of the gospel, Luke 11 and Matthew 6. And I want to parallel these two accounts of Jesus talking about prayer. Luke 11, if you have your Bibles there, Luke 11, verse 1. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Then he said, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, let me three loaves For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey of nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed, and I cannot get up and get you anything. And I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives oh that's good and everyone who seeks finds that's good and to the one who knocks it will be open come on now and what father among you if his son asks for a fish will instead give of a fish give him a serpent And if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy spirit to those who ask him? Jump over to Matthew 11, sorry, Matthew six. And this is the same account, different author, same account, different time. This is a moment where they're asking him again, Lord, teach us how to pray. Jesus says, and when you pray, You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go in your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Ooh, that's good too. We'll talk about that. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Wow. A lot to unpack good news. We're going to unpack it today. I want you to know that what Jesus is saying here, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Many of you have this memorized. Isn't a statement to read, but it's a blueprint to work from. So I want to show you how in these few short words, in these few short phrases, Jesus has established a methodology on how to pray. You want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's pause for a moment. Father, what does that do? It establishes relationship. It talks about a relationship. He's not far from you. He doesn't hate you. He's not someone distant from your needs. He's your father. He's with you. He's present. He loves you like a son, like a daughter. That, when you know that, you, you relate differently to him. Heaven, it establishes his position. Come on. He's seated in heavenly places. He's ruling and reigning over all the earth. There is no other ruler above him. He's in the highest position of authority. So when I pray to him, no one else could accomplish what only he can. His hallowed, what does that mean? Greek word means venerable, which means commanding respect or virtue by age, dignity, character, or position. That means he establishes honor. I'm establishing honor. You deserve the honor. You're a king of kings. You're my father. You're in heaven, and hallowed be your name. Your name, what does that establish? Identity. It's who he is. That's his name. His name is great. Scripture says that at the name of Jesus Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. His name carries weight, authority. If you try to get in the club, say, I know Jesus. go get you in. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's the kind of authority, though, he has. Let's keep going. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Shouldn't be going to clubs. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? It establishes his mission and our mission. This is a co-mission. We come together to bring heaven On earth. Come on now. He is championing you on. Here's the deal with heaven on earth. You can't bring anything you don't already know about. You can't replicate anything you don't live in. You can't speak about anything you don't already know. So we have to know the qualities of heaven. In heaven, there is no sickness. In heaven, there is no fear. In heaven, there is no depression. In heaven, there is no racism. There's no divide. There's unity. There's equality. There's healing. Come on. When you know what's in heaven, you go, that's what we fight for on earth. Oh, man, that establishes our mission. It establishes his mission, Co-mission. Give us this day our daily bread. Good news. You know what that establishes? His provision. Every day he'll provide for you. You may not know what you're going to have for tomorrow, but he provides. Does he not do that? Come on now. Amen. Front row. He provides for us. And he does it in unique ways so that you don't get used to it and think that you're doing it. Somebody need to hear that. Somebody need to hear that. You think your work is getting you provision. Guess what? Your work may be gone tomorrow, but he will provide for you. He doesn't need a check from an employer to take care of you. Oh man, I'm preaching to myself excited. This is good. I can't wait for the third service. No more. Anyway, forgive us our debts. (laughs) As, As we also have forgiven our debtors. Guess what this is? This is forgiveness. This is a big deal. The kingdom establishes our heart position and his response. When we forgive other people, he forgives us. And then finally, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What was Jesus saying here? He says, I'm establishing hope and power into you that the things that you struggle with, I can get you out of. It's a decision. If you turn away, repentance is turning away from, if you turn away from temptation, I will give you the power and the authority to overcome the temptation of the world. I love this, deliver us from evil. Good news, family. Even though the world may be evil, he's given you hope that he will rescue you And he's given you power to overcome the evil one. Oh man, did you see all of that nuggets in those few short phrases? That is what we sprinkle into our prayer life. That's how we position ourselves. That's how we pray. Say pray. Pray. Today I want to break down pray. P-R-A-Y. I want to show you the steps to pray with authority. Are you ready? P, start with praise. Say praise. Praise should be on your lips. Come on, if all your lips is complaining, you need to change that. You should be praising the Lord. Listen, if you don't have anything to praise God about, you're not looking. You're refusing to look at the good around you. You start your prayer with praise and thanksgiving. I enter into your courts with praise. I enter with thanksgiving. I give you glory. You release your testimonies. Listen, if you need healing, start talking to him about how he's healed you. And he's never healed you. Find somebody in this church he's healed and said, If you did it for Mike, you could do it for me. Come in with praise. And I'm telling you, when you start your prayer with praise, it resets your heart. You go from asking to exhorting. And that's a different position of praise. I'm telling you, Benny, if we would start praying like this, our prayers would change. That's P. The second one, R, say relationships. relationships. You need to be in relationship with God, He wants to be in relationship. Prayer is not a monologue. It's a dialogue. And some people don't believe God speaks. He does. I've seen it too often. And so when He speaks to you, listen. Ask Him questions. Did you know you could do that? I think there's people in this place that didn't know you can ask questions and God will answer. Well, how do I know if He's answering? Just wait. Listen. It's as simple as it's, it, you gotta train ourselves that it's a dialogue. So many of us, we pray, thank you, Jesus, amen, and we get out and God's like, well, i, I like to talk a little bit here. I am the creator. I have answers to, where would you go? Where'd you go? Hello? Where, where'd, where'd you go? Like That's how we talk. That's how we pray with him. But we gotta remember, it's a relationship. Say relationship. It's twofold. Matthew 6, Jesus said this. We read it. If you forgive others their trespasses, your Father in heaven will also forgive you. So if you want a clear conduit To God, hear me, if you really want God to to do something miraculous, you got to deal with this. And that's why many people pray from a place of bitterness and they wonder why nothing's happening. Because Jesus said in his word, when he taught us how to pray, you got to forgive. And you can't take our father who art in heaven, how to be the name of that. kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. you can't take all that out and forget the other part. Because right right at the end it says, you got to forgive. So Relationship. You got to be in that place with God. And you say to him, God, right now, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. I thank you that you are so good to me. And right now I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will cleanse my heart of unforgiveness towards that person. They've hurt me. They've done me wrong. But I need you to help me to forgive them. Did you know that even if you can't forgive them, you can ask for help? Be real. The closer you get to Jesus, the more your prayer transforms. Oh, man, I'm telling you, the more you get to know his nature the more you don't come in timid with him, but you just talk. Because the next one, the A, it's ask. God wants you to ask. He already knows your need. So if you praise him, you're in relationship with him, and then you ask. Here's the deal. When you praise him first, your ask will be different. Nothing's off limits. Luke 11 says, Jesus parallels it like a friend asking another friend for food in the middle of the night. Or a son asking a father for food. Both situations. What's the number one thing? Relationship. You're not going to knock on a stranger's door and ask for something. They're not going to answer. But he said a friend asking a friend. A son asking a father. See, when we're in right relationship with God, we can ask and he answers. And how many can say that God has not only given you what you needed, but also have blessed you with what you wanted. Raise your hand if that's happened in your life. Come on now, look at all the hands here. I'm telling you, there's been things I've asked of the Lord and I just kind of threw it out there, you know, oh, maybe it'll happen, you know, and God opens up the heaven. And he does it in miraculous ways. It just shows me how kind he is. That's why it's important to ask after the praise. After the forgiveness because then you ask differently. It starts with praise, and then it ends with a request. God, you're good. See, if I begin to declare who he is in the praise part, when I ask, I won't ask timidly, because I know that he's so good and powerful, that of course he's gonna take care of me, because he said it in his word. That's why using the word when you pray is so important. You're not, listen, let me just say this, you're not reminding God of his word. God's not that. He ain't like, oh, I forgot I wrote that in Psalms. That's a good one. Did I write that? No, he knows it. You're reminding yourself. You're speaking forth the word. It carries life. Let me give you an example of how you do this. This is how I would have done this last night or even this morning. Lord, I thank you for the Philadelphia Eagles. I thank you that they have been amazing 38 to 7 an annihilation of the New York Giants today I just thank you for the the arm that works well on Jalen Hurts. I thank you Lord for that just an easy game I got to watch it without any pain or sorrow so today I come before you and I ask would you please allow us to win the next two games and be Super Bowl champions in Jesus name amen thank you that's how it's done Some of you are too stuck up in your prayers. Like you're so, you're you're trying to be these and those. That's my next one. That's the why. You ready for the why? So we said praise. What did we say? Relationship. Ask. The next one is be yourself. Jesus doesn't need King James guy. I don't know what it is. I've been in prayer sessions and guys come up with their suits and thou is Father God. And it's like, what? where were you? I didn't, you didn't say that a minute ago. How, how did you get that voice? No wonder you need that towel. You got to wipe off all that. It's intense. You know this. You've been around church. I'm like, this isn't who it listen. Look, Jesus rebuked, in Matthew 6, he rebuked the Pharisees because they were hypocrites and he rebuked the Gentiles because they kept going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. It's like, get to the point in your prayer, Gentile. I'm not talking to anybody in here, am I? The reality is, is God wants you to be real with him. He knows you intimately. He, you don't have to fake it with him. You, listen, can I just b- blow your mind? You can actually come to him and say, dear God, I don't know what the heck's going on in my life. I'm so tired of all these people. I need your help and I need it now. Did you know you can talk to him like that? Did you know that? Why? Because he already knows your heart. You're not fooling him with the King James. And you're not fooling him with the Lord. God, Jesus. There's a great man of faith, a great man of prayer, Lou Engle. And Lou Engle, he prays. Listen to this. Lou Engle prays. I've been around Lou Engle, and he prays, and he rocks back and forth like this. And so I watch people now, when they get around Lou Engle, they start rocking like this. And I said, I, we asked him, one time we were by, with him just in a, few, in, a, in a house with just a few people. I said, Lou, why do you rock like this? He said when he was little as a kid, he would soothe himself to sleep by rocking. It had nothing to do with prayer. It was just him rocking. So it became a habit. And so now people are rocking like this when they pray. (laughs) And I'm just like, get your own thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And we laugh, but it's real. It's true. I've heard people emulate other people. Be yourself. Turn to somebody and say, "Be be yourself. Come on. Jesus likes you the way you are. Some of your prayers touch his heart. And they're not all like this, they're not like, they're just like, Jesus, I love you. Like you're really, really special to me. Jesus likes that. So I just want to tell you, be yourself. You have a voice and it needs to be heard. And let me just say this, prayers that are spoken out loud, mm, don't always pray in your head. Find a room where you can shout if you need to. Get in your car. You know, sometimes I have the greatest encounters with God in my car. Because like, there's nobody else there. I get shot at. They're just thinking I'm yelling at people driving in Spring Hill. It's normal. I was just like, hallelujah, Jesus. Like, the guy's angry. Wow. What's wrong with that guy? Just praying. Some of us, like literally when you pray, you, 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 you need to know, it Be normal. Like you would talk to a friend or a spouse. You know, if I walked up into my house and I saw Leanne and I was hungry, I said, oh, dearest beautiful woman of God, I thank you for your beauty in this house and this beauty everywhere. And I say today, would you rise up and make me a soup so I can scoop the soup and nourish my body in Jesus' name. She'd be like, what is going on? Make your own soup. soup right now sounds good doesn't it fast last week put some fish in that soup all right we're laughing today but i'm telling you god wants you to be real so what is it praise be in relationship come on now ask of him and then why be yourself i want to add another tool in your tool belt because i i can't talk about prayer without talking about praying in the spirit because if we don't pray in the spirit We're not operating in all cylinders. Now, let me say to you today, because I know some people may think, oh, this is the tongue part. It is. But it is also something scriptural. I want to show you in scripture, because I know there's people in here that's new to this whole thing. There's also people like me that grew up in a charismatic church. And I'm going to be honest with you. There's crazy stuff happening in charismatic churches. And even Jesus is like, that's crazy. I'm not going to come around there just kidding. Anyway, the point of it is I saw a lot of things done out of order. And so as I grew up and started getting into ministry, I realized I need to know what the word of God says when it talks about this whole thing of the gifts, because here's the deal. A lot of people believe in the gifts. They'll believe in faith and healing. And and, and we'll talk about discernment. Oh, I got that. But then as soon as we get into the tongues and the prophecy we people like, uh, uh, and there's whole debating. Theologians are debating this on either side. And I listen to them. I listen to them. I would say, okay, that's your thoughts. But I want to talk to you about that. Is that okay? Because some of you today need to know that there's power in your spirit language. Praying in the spirit. That's why there's so much opposition against it. It's literally the only gift that... Like, so I'm like, okay, maybe there's something about this gift that just makes the enemy mad. So we, we, we know it started in Acts 2, right? They're in the upper room. They hit, get hit with the Holy Spirit. It says, tongues of fire appear over them. Now we know through the Greek, and we also know what's taking place here, that the words that they speak are actually other languages. That's what Scripture says. The reason why we know that is because there's people from all over in Jerusalem, and they're all hearing their own dialect. So they're hearing different languages and, and, and they're going, what is going on here? And then, of course, Peter comes out and preaches an amazing message because everybody's attention now. How do these people know each and every language? The people speaking it didn't know. Now, here's my question. I don't know this for sure, but was the gift in the speaking or was the gift in the hearing? I don't know. Isn't it interesting to think about that? Now, we know Acts 10, Cornelius uh, invites Jesus into his heart, gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and he begins to speak in tongues. So let's talk about this, because I want you to know that, number one, it's not an indication, speaking in tongues, from what I see in Scripture, backed up by things that I've found, even when people got filled with the Holy Spirit, there is no, like, methodology, like, filled in the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. I was taught that. You know, we're going to lay hands on you. You're going to instantly speak in tongues. If that's the case, then why does Paul say later on, we're going to read it, that I'd rather you prophesy? Or better yet, why is there other accounts in the gospels and I should say in Acts and in the letters where people got filled with the Holy Spirit and doesn't say they spoke in tongues instantly? It's a gift. So I want to tell you that with each one of these gifts, you may be filled with some as a strength and others you may have to work on. But you can ask the Lord for gifts and you can ask the Lord to enhance your gifts. Let me just say that. Ephesians 6.18 says, praying at all times, what? In the spirit with all prayer and supplication. What that means is we should be praying in tongues a lot more than we are. Yeah. Yeah. Jude 1.20 says, but you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. So when I pray in the Holy Spirit, it builds me up for those of you that do understand this, have you ever been in just in a moment, feel like you're supposed to pray in tongues all of a sudden? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you don't know why, just under your breath, you start praying. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's doing, there's intercession taking place. It really is. And it's important. It's important. So there's something normal about praying in the spirit. It's part of our prayer life. And sometimes, let me say this, you don't have words to pray, so you pray in the spirit. I have been going through, we've been going through just tons of different things. Being in ministry, having 10 kids, just life. We're all going through life, right? And sometimes you just run out of words. Have you ever, like, I got to pray. I got to get this off my chest, but I don't know what to pray. I'm tired of praying the same words. Have you ever been there? Your your pastor's being honest with you. I've been there. And sometimes I don't know what to pray. So I just start praying in the spirit. And all of a sudden I feel relief happening. I feel the Holy Spirit moving. I can't explain what I'm saying, but I know something's happening. I'm so tired of people in the church today thinking that everything needs to be logical and natural ways. We serve a supernatural God. For some reason, we have thought that God and all the great things he's done in the Old Testament, New Testament, that he just kind of turned off the supernatural hose and now we got to live it as a natural person. I don't know a father in heaven that would be worth anything that would shut off the gifts of the Spirit when we need them the most. So I'm convinced, and I'm telling you, I've operated in the gifts, and I know they move, and I know they're of God. I've been able to prophesy over people. No way I would have known what I was saying. I'm looking them in the eye. Does this make sense to you? Absolutely. They're tearing. I don't know why. Why? Because the Holy Spirit wants to speak through you. Let's keep going. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 4. Pursue love. Number one and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. Now pause for a moment. If it was just speaking in foreign languages, Paul would not have said that. Hear me? It says this, for no one understands him. So God can use tongues to speak in a foreign language, and he can use tongues to speak in a supernatural language. It's both. It's not one or the other. Because Paul would not have said, no one understands him. Well, somebody in Greece would have understood me if I spoke in a tongue. Or maybe somebody in, I don't know, South Africa could have. What he's saying is, come on now, South Africans. What he's saying is, I know they're in here. What he's saying is, is that when we speak in this tongue, Holy Spirit understands. But he utters mysteries in the spirit. That's why nobody could figure it out. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds, come on now, builds himself up. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Paul is indicating there's a different kind of language that comes forth that's not just a different dialect, but it's a whole spiritual language. It's not a mystery to speak in another language. It is a mystery to speak in the spirit language. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13. Therefore, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. There's two forms to it. I will sing praises with my spirit, and I will sing praises with my mind also. So it's both you can operate in both and you can pray in the spirit. You can sing in the spirit. I wish the church would understand this and let it become a beautiful thing, not a weird thing. Just understanding its dialogue with God in prayer in a language that's a mystery to even the person speaking it out. I've been in churches. We grew up in a church where somebody just stand up and start, you know, and then sit down and we're like, "What, what took place here? What happened? That's out of order. Because what does Paul say? He says, I wish that one of you would interpret. And so we, we watch this. We, 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 you know, set the tone, make it biblical, make sure everything's done in order. And so somebody would speak in tongues, another person, random person would say, Jesus is saying, you're like, wow, it's beautiful. Doesn't happen much in church anymore because people are so strange about it. And we, we wonder where people's hearts are. But I believe we're coming into a season where we can begin to trust one another and give people a safe place. This is the Bible, this is the buckle the Bible belt right? So we all don't want to be offended. Well, sorry, Jesus came to seek and save. And you know what? He's also offending your heart so he can reveal your heart. He's offending your mind, I should say, to reveal your heart so that he can get to your heart and say, you know what? You don't know everything. Oh, buckle of the Bible belt. We think we're living large here. We got everything taken care of. No, Jesus wants to get back down to your heart. And I want you to have every weapon on your tool belt to use at your disposal. Because I believe there's a time coming, if it's not now, where we have to begin praying and interceding for strongholds to come down. Yes. Yes. I've never, ever, in my million years, have, well, I haven't been that long, but <laughs> you understand, I have seen such a debate over children, babies, yeah. life. Yeah. I've never seen such confusion over, over gender I've never seen people fight over race, culture as much. It's like it's continually happening. I'm like, Lord, are we not past this? God's like, no, no, no. We have to continue to pull down strongholds of racism, pull down strongholds of abortion, pull down strongholds of gender confusion. We have to speak life over this generation. We have to build unity over this generation. And you don't do that by going, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. God's like, we got to get past elementary prayers. We got to begin to pray with authority and consistency of the word and your personality and your tenacity and don't give up if you're believing for healing and don't give up if you're believing for someone to come to know jesus because god says jesus says pray without ceasing i'm telling you some of you've grown weary and this message is for you because it may just be on the cusp you might be on the edge of your breakthrough i'm telling you i'm telling you for some of us we've given up on praying we're right there the enemy wants you to think your prayers don't matter. I don't know what this is. This is for somebody in here. Somebody needs to know that your prayers matter. And for some of you in this place, I feel like the Lord's saying, there's people here today that have a gift of intercession. You have been an amazing interceder. You've incited, interceded and prayed for people, and you've stopped. You've stopped because the enemy came in and he caused a wound. He made you think like no one hears you. No one, it's, God's not paying attention. Everything you pray for, nothing works. And I'm here to tell you, that's a lie to shut your voice and you have, you have, you have intimidated the devil. The devil's scared of your prayers. So I say, awake your voice right now, whoever that is. Ooh, I say, awake your voice. Now I preach that over the church today, today that the Southview church would be a church that prays, that prays. Your prayers change things. I want you to look at somebody, really. I know we do this all the time, but I want you to say your prayers change things. Your prayers change things. Your prayers change things. Come on. Your prayers change things, Mike, Jody, Steve, Lori, <sighs> James 5. We're going to do a whole study on James in a couple weeks. Wow, okay, James fans, there you go. Sucked you right in with it. If anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. Pause for a moment. Your prayers heal people. It's Jesus that heals people. I get it. But Jesus wants to partner with you with the prayers. If anyone's cheerful, let him sing praises. We need cheerful praise people. If you're in this place today and you're holding back your praise, I'm as the pastor, acting pastor of this place for now, whatever, until Jesus takes me home, whatever that is, I'm asking you to release your praise don't shrink back. If anyone is among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anointing with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's a lot of response to a prayer of faith. Come on now, that's what you carry when you pray. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Get in right relationship with one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Let me, let me say it this way. The prayer of Stephen Chester, the righteous person, has a great power as it is working. When Stephen prays, when Chris prays, come on now, when and Benjamin prays, there's power when you pray. When you release your prayer, it works. And it says, Eli, Elijah was a man with a nature like us. He's setting, the t- he's setting the tone. He's saying, listen, Elijah was just like us. He prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. One man, one prayer. Then he prayed again. And heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Ladies and gentlemen, you have that power when you pray. Young people, you have that power when you pray. You don't have to get older to learn how to pray. Okay, now I know we've been in prayer meetings and a lot of the older ladies would be there praying down heaven for 45 minutes and they are amazingly gifted. You can come in and pray for 45 seconds and God can move. The reason why that lady can pray for 45 minutes is because she has a history with God. She has so many things to thank God. She's been with God. He hasn't failed her. He's carried her through the good times and the bad times. So when she prays, it's easy because she knows God is good. But for some of us young people just entering into the prayer lifestyle, you could start off with, but God, I love you. I glorify you. I bless you. I need you. Jesus, please move in my life. Move in my school. Move in my home. Move in my mind. Whatever you got to do, I am here for you. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me in Jesus' name. That powerful prayer will transform your life. So I'm going to invite our band back up here and we're going to pray. How about that? We're going to pray for four different areas. We're going to pray for families. We're going to pray for the church and the churches. We're going to pray for our city and we're going to pray for the nation and the nations. So I'm going to ask our four prayer people to come up here today and we're going to pray together and here's what I want you to do as they pray I want you to number one to pray with them to join with them this is not a spectator sport you can pray in the spirit you can come into agreement but we're going to pray and here's the other good news I have a couple of them they're going to pray in two different languages because I believe the Lord wants us to be able to pray in not only well we're going to pray in Spanish and Afrikaans is that right come on now is that all right are you ready to pray? Ben, you ready to make a soundtrack? All right, come on up here, Isla. I'm going to bring you up and we're just going to pray and we're going to have you pray and how she's going to pray for family. So come into agreement with her today if you would. Thank you, Jesus.
2: God, I thank you, Lord, that you are the God of family and that you want us to be a part of a family, that the family that we have, that you have naturally placed us in, that that was the family we were supposed to be in. And it's not a mistake. Even if we have been broken, even if we've had bad things happen, God, you've placed us in our families so that we can be the change, God. I pray that we don't give up on our family, that we don't give up on um, bad relationships or things that have been broken off. Lord, help us not to cut off our family because we are meant to be in that family father. And God, I just pray for those around us who don't have family, who aren't here and don't have family that love them that have closed them off. God, I pray that we can help bring family together, God, because you are the God of family and you've created family. You've created that institution. Lord, I pray that we don't ignore it in favor of friends or acquaintances that just go passing by in seasons of life, God. I pray that we remember that family has a permanence about it and that we don't just treat people like they are just passing seasons that we if you call us to love on someone like they're our brother that like they're our sister sons and daughters and parents god i pray that we obey you lord and i pray for those who are feel lonely that they have no one around them you said in psalm 68 that you bring the lonely and families god and you have used us to to bring family about god and i pray that we don't forget that we don't forget the power of love we don't forget the power of of our words and intentions Intentionality in our um, relationships, Father. So I pray as we're finishing out this fast that you highlight people to us, people in our family, specific people that we need to be praying for this year, that they can come to you, God, that we don't give up on them. We don't give up on the, um, their relationship. We don't give up on any health issues that they may have, Father. I pray that we remember that you are Lord and that you are a God of healing. So I pray that you restore our families in Jesus'
1: name. His name. Pastor Juan, come on up here. This is J.C.'s dad, Haley's father-in-law. I don't know if you know him. Amazing man. I'm. Thank you for praying. He's going to pray in English and Spanish today.
3: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that we have to gather before Your presence. And Lord, I thank You that You have built Your church upon the rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we thank you that we have the victory. gracias iglesia. Gracias this church that you have set apart to bless Spring Hill, to bless Middle Tennessee, to bless the world thank you, Lord, for this place. I thank you that we're not in China and having to hide inside a a, a basement somewhere for fear of our lives, but we can freely gather and worship and praise your name and give you glory. May it continue to be so. May it continue to be a shining light. We should love you first. That is our priority. And so Lord, I pray that all of the churches in Middle Tennessee and beyond would prioritize loving you above all things. May they prioritize serving you above all things. Y también Señor nos ha llamado a poder amar a nuestro prójimo como a nosotros mismos. And you've called us to love our neighbor as ourselves. So Lord, may we consider it a privilege to be able to love everyone, regardless of nationality, ethnicity, language. It doesn't matter the color of their skin. Lord, give us a love. Allow us to see through your eyes. Allow us to feel through your heart. And may we exercise our faith with your hands and your feet take us to places as the church to reclaim territory that has been taken by the enemy father we pray that you would bind the strong man and that you would give your church the ability to take back what he has stolen that we will reclaim every place that our feet walks on and it's because the gospel that we preach. Predicamos el evangelio que trae libertad gracias, Señor, aquellos aún necesitan escuchar de ti. We have been called to make disciples of all nations. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the ability to have discernment. And whatever is not working, whatever is not fruitful, may we be able to replace it with that which is fruitful, that is infinitely reproducible, that it does create disciples that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. That make disciples. Heavenly Father, give us eyes to see, ears to hear your voice, and the courage to obey what you are telling the church. We are your church. We're not buildings. We are people, and you are in us. Help us to carry your message to all that would listen. In el nombre poderoso de Cristo Jesús. Oramos.
1: Come on, Peter. Reginelli are one of our family group life leaders. We're thankful for him. Thank you,
4: All right, join me as we pray for the city. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We lift up this city of Spring Hill. We ask that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out your blessing on this city. Would you rebuke the devourer that your people shall not fail to bear fruit, that this city will be called blessed, a land of delight. Let your light break forth like the dawn and your healing quickly spring forth on this spring hill. Let your righteousness go before us and your glory be our rear guard, for righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Father, we ask that you would establish righteous leadership in this city, that you would speak to your people, that we would begin to take new ground in places of influence and authority. Raise up righteous leaders in city government, city council and school boards, leaders who will stand for the sanctity of life and Judeo-Christian values. Release new innovative and redemptive ideas and strategies in the business sector that will impact the households of this city. May we take grounded media and entertainment that the news will have to report the truth. We take back the bullhorn. Raise up godly shepherds in your church and fresh vision for what you want to do in this city. Take us deeper than we've ever gone in our relationships with you and one another. Deepen our love for our brothers and sisters in this city. For where there is unity, your word says that you command your blessing. And finally, we speak courage and strength to the people of this city. We believe like Joshua that every place the soul of our feeble tread has been given to us. We stand upon your word and every promise is yes and amen. We are the head and not the tail. We are on the offense. Thank you, Lord, that you're building your church here in Spring Hill, and the
1: gates of hell will not prevail against her. Amen. Come on, come on. Charmy, come on up here. This woman right here is an amazing evangelist who has such a gift of joy and worship come on release your prayer today over the nations
0: Psalms 22 verse 27 all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. Lord we pray may we as a nation remember who our rock is and may we turn back to you. I pray that everyone in this nation will know your name I pray that along with the sound of your name they will know what you did and that you're the only one who can truly save them and truly satisfy them. Lord I pray in time of desperation we have when we have nowhere else to turn that we will turn to you bow down before you and may you meet us there God, I pray for unity in this nation. I pray over connection and relationship. I pray that um, we will love one another because you loved us first. I pray that we will forgive each other because you first forgave us. Psalms 1 5 verse 21. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. I pray that this nation will get excited to carry your name on their lips. As the sun rises every morning and sets every night, may we also praise your name forever. Psalm 22, vers 28, Al die einde van die aarde sal daar aan dink en hulle tot die heren bekeer. En die geslachte van die nazies sal voor die aangezig aanbid. Van die koninkryk behoort aan die heren en hy heers oor die nazies is ek bid dat hierdie naasie weer sal onthou wie ons rood en ons redder is en dat ons sal terugkeer na ons eerste liefde toe. Ek bid vir eenheid in hierdie naasie, ek bid die hand oor verhoudings en koneksies, hier schyn die licht oor elke hart. Ek bid dat ons mekaar sal lief hee, omdat hy ons eerste lief gehad het en dat ons mekaar sal vergewe, omdat hy ons vergewe het. My mond sal die loof van die Heere uitspreek en laat alles alles vlees, sy heilige naam, loof, verewig en altyd. Amen.
1: heavenly father we thank you we thank you that you've given us the ability to partner with heaven just put your hand on your chest if you would right now would you awaken our hearts to prayer would you awaken your church to be a house of prayer we would not hold back our prayer and our worship to you God that we would pray with authority. We'd pray with, pray with praise. Lord, that we would come into right relationship with you and pray out of our, our love for you, God, that we would worship you and be real with you, God. We thank you that you'll break off the restraints. We lift your voice and praise you today. In Jesus' name.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this message. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multi-generational, multicultural community of believers passionately pursuing Jesus, family, freedom, and unity in the body of Christ. If you would like to connect with us, visit us at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook and Instagram.